Welcome back to This, That, and the Kitchen Sink. I'm your host for this part two episode of Old Church versus New Church. It's your boy, DeBryant, um, and I am here with our next guest. Uh, some people know him as Brother Phil. Some people know him as Cousin Phil. Some people know him as just Brother Phil, but we all love this man. Um, he's my family, my blood, and he's taking out time um, to come and join us on the podcast today. How you doing? Hey, girls, I'm glad to be here, man. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, so um, like I said before, this is our part two of um, our religion episode, and if you haven't listened to part one, I highly encourage you to pause it, uh, pause this episode, and go right back to our first installment. Um, we had our lovely friend Morgan Jones come on and speak about her experience going through ministry as a preacher's kid and how that kind of has instilled um, her principles and ethics toward Christianity and, and how different it can kind of be for young people versus, you know, people who have gone through life and they've gone through certain circumstances. So basically how I have um, today's episode set up is that uh, I have kind of similar questions that I asked Morgan that I'm going to ask Brother Phil, and he's going to give us his insight um, just as um, not only a person who is a Christian, but also somebody who serves in the church. Um, for a while, uh, I was a praise and worship leader at the church that we go to, and he still consistently uh, plays uh, the piano for uh, our church. And it's so commendable because when I think about ministry, it's not just about the believer who comes in and, and can play real well or sing real well. It's about the consistent believer, the one that, you know, whether they're in church or in the store or at a cookout, they're still going to be the same person. And I can say 100% about Brother Fields that he is always consistent and that he always has a word and he always is going to encourage the person that he comes in contact with. So I'm super hyped to get into this episode. Are you ready? Well, because I'll wait for a minute. I'm going to say, who is this guy? No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just seriously, I appreciate that awesome introduction. And you're right, uh, the battle is not given to slip to the strong, they're to do it to the end. And it, it certainly is a journey. You know, being not only just a Christian believer, but just being a husband, father, toolmaker, a musician, slash PK, preacher kid, that says a lot. And then I'm a brother, I'm in the middle, got an oldest, oldest sister and a younger brother. Also, I'm an entrepreneur at heart here. I'm a business owner. People don't know that. And I think everybody should own a business, but we're going to stick to the subject. But that's very important. And the last but not least, like you said earlier, I'm a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Most important title. Most important. That way you don't get your identity mixed up with the trials that come through life. And you get sidetracked. You got that root that, you, that, that keeps you the whole steadfast. Yes, y'all, I'm so excited. Um, I also want to put a disclaimer <laughs> right before we get into these questions is that we're all talking talking from perspective. It's all about the things that we've experienced um, being believers and that our experience isn't someone else's. It's only us coming from what we have experienced and what we all have ventured through. Because again, 
you know, like it says in the word that, you know, the Lord, he knew us before we even knew ourselves. So we're just coming from our experience and our insight. So uh, I can't wait to get into this conversation. And I hope that um, even when this episode ends, that you continually have this conversation about faith and what it means to you. So that takes me right to my first question, Brother Phil. What does it mean to have faith? A good question. I thought about it when you give it to De Bruyne, and I guess I say, well, I got to think about your audience here. Just, just listen in. Everybody doesn't see faith directly towards, like, like I see it directly. Like when we first came in, we started the podcast. We sit down in the chair. I know you had this scenario here. We, we trust and believe the chair going to hold us up. So we all have some type of faith. But, but personally, when you just ask me about faith, I immediately thank God. That's, that's my first you know, thought, you know, God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, make it simple, and His Holy Spirit. And that's the, what I think about. And that's that what that's what not only kept me coming up through life as a teenager, Christian, as a PK kid, PK kid, and as a, a, a born believer in the church. And that's what keeps me now. Good, good, good. Okay, one other thing. <laughs> I don't definitely this out. Faith is believing in something that you don't know all the answer to, all the facts, and knowing that's that's really faith. But you just believe that. Now we know Hebrews eleven and one, the now faith verse. Yeah. So you know it's such a thing. Hope for the evidence, things that's not seen. So we don't really see it, but we trust and believe that it will happen to come to pass. That's the real faith, and, and, and the cousin of faith is trust. Like me, you cousin. Trust to be that cousin. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, y'all. Can y'all tell we family? Because, again, I, I do have some questions, but I, I have to stay here just for a sec. Because he brought up the verse that I wanted him to bring up. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Because, again, like I said before, like, you know, a new believer, they're going to have baby faith. They're not going to have the faith that someone has had you know, years in the ministry, years of serving in the ministry. It has to be through life and through the ups and downs. Because again, how we know God in our low place is not how we know God in our high place. But to know God in our high place, we have to know him in the low place. And so that's why I'm so, so, so grateful that he brought up that verse just because, you know, again, if we can just start with faith the size of a mustard seed, that's all you need. That's legitimately all you need. So... Again, this also leads me to my second question. What was a moment, if there was one for you, um, when you felt that religion no longer was um, a sense of a word, but a sense of a relationship with Christ? It became relationship. Uh, just when I thought as a child going through certain instances with my family, as you grow, you think that uh, you're getting close to God, you're doing everything you know towards God. You think then when somebody... I'm just going to break it down as a child. Somebody in your family let you down. You thought mm-hmm. you had trust in. And so you had more trust in them than you did God. And you and, and then you, as I got over it, because I had to get over it, and I grew. If I hadn't, grow, I hadn't got over it, I wouldn't have grown. So I, I'm, to me, I'm thinking, well, that was the, that was the top of the hat. Mm-hmm. I said, this is something else in my life I had to get over. I said, this, what could get worse? Then as I got older, I, uh, I've got into a business kind of deal with, with uh, another member of my family. Uh, I left this out. Let me let me back up. Let me back up. The first idea was I'm a child. Let me back up because everybody got to know this. Uh, it's, it, as a preacher kid too, 
is is requiring you not to really have a child out of wedlock. I left that out. That's supposed to be first. I thought that was the worst to me. And you know, I'm gonna be honest with you, being transparent, I think somebody didn't know this. I blamed everybody else and everything else, all the circumstances but me. Hmm. I had everything I had a list. But I was on that list. I thought I was invincible. No, I wasn't a bad guy, but what I did, you know, didn't line up. Even if you're not a believer, you know that's not that's not uh really uh, standard for life to do that. The order, you know, to have what we call a successful life, or the norm or what we call. But and as I moved on, I don't want to stay there too long because I, you know, because I don't want to uh, call names. You know, I want to call names. I want to keep it good. Call names. And as I got, as I moved on, uh, I've been affiliated with a couple of churches. You know, they don't go call the church's name. But uh, as I minister, as I did my music ministry in the church, uh, you know, as as you as a musician, you just don't start off as good musician. Mm-hmm. As an actress, you don't start a good singer. You just don't start off good. You put a lot of time and effort and work in your work ethic. So you know, in the beginning, I wasn't as my work ethic wasn't as what it should have been. So I wasn't as good player. And I, I, I I experienced some disappointments in the church. You know, he's not a musician, but I know it was in me to play, so I kept playing. And so even now, I'm still learning now, and I have, I learned how to work on my craft. And as a church member. Outside of playing in the church, because a lot of times when you when you a musician in my church, people look at me. That's what he does. He's a musician. He plays. They don't see anything else. They don't see a personal life. They don't see how you really doing. How you doing? They don't really expect you to give them an answer. But see, at, in church, even with every church, I'm gonna go back again. Every church I ever affiliated with, I, I, I had some disappointment. Some people call it church hurt. I'm, you know, it, it can be extreme to dislike, but church hurt. Church hurt. But, okay, I get it. You was hurt in the church. But the church did not hurt you, mm-hmm. Phil. I'm talking to myself and somebody else might be listening. It's some people in the church or a person in the church that hurt you. And I thought, even as a child when I was coming up in the, in the early church, I've been affiliated with about three or four churches. Uh, and every time something happened in church, I'm like, wow, this, this, I can't believe that happened. This is the worst. Then as I get older, and even in the church that I'm in now, you, you think that uh, everything is smooth and, that, uh, and you don't have a problem mm-hmm. in the church. You don't have a disagreement that, that you think that somebody all of, you know agree with you. So with that, what keeps you? And, and, and you talk about having a relationship. I had to go back to my, what the Bible calls the first love. I had to go back to my first love. Why do you do what you do? What is it that attracts you? What, what your, where's your passion coming from? So that goes back to a relationship. So I had to check myself. See, even as a P, PK or preacher's kid, a lot of times I was, I've was i been in church in the beginning, but I was going to church because my mom and daddy were taking me to church. I, was, I had the, had the, I had the uh, form, had, had the, the habit and the, and the lifestyle of going to church, but I didn't really have it in my heart. And, but I, I realized I had to grow too, and I wasn't mature enough and I didn't really go through enough in life. I didn't have enough trials in my life to, to point me back towards God. You see, so basically, in a, in another way to say it, I had more value in what I was doing and the people in the church than I did God. So God just really was trying to get my attention. Again, it go back to me, blaming everybody else, everything else on the list, but God just trying to get my attention. But see, then when you say, well, it's supposed to be smooth. No. It happened the way it was supposed to happen. 
So you I really can't blame nobody because God, if it does, if, if, if bad does happen to you, it, it, it's supposed to happen because bad things happen too for your good. Now we say Romans 8, 28 mm -hmm. all the time. All mm -hmm. things work together for our good. But we always think that it's supposed to be like a, hey, that's a, oh, howdy, howdy, howdy. Happy, happy all the time. No, God had to chastise us. Not only had to chastise us, he had to keep our attention because we as humans sometimes want to have our own way. What I mean by that, we get in the flesh. We want to do what we want to do, what feels good for us. And sometimes God said, no, still want you to serve me. He wants to get the glory in everything that we that we do in our life. Um, I think what's so great is that literally, um, if you go back to part one of the episode, Morgan talks about how, you know, it really does, it really is our like perspective of focus. Like the things that we focus on before we have a sense of who the Lord is in our lives should change. Like we should see growth. We should see progress. Um, and what's crazy about her story was that she talked about how for her it was Sunday school where um, where her teacher was like, you know, if you believe in the Lord and you pray and, and you believe it, you know, it's going to come to pass. And she literally prayed for snow. She was like, Lord, I want to see it snow for the winter. That's what I want. And the Lord provided that. And she was like, that's how I knew he was real. And it was, and again, that's what makes me go back to baby faith because for some people, it's in snow. For some people, it's it's God, you know, making a way for them to get into school or it's for them getting the job that they've been praying for. And I mean, I can attest to that. I mean, you know, there have been times where I literally have filled out applications not knowing where I was going to stay. And then I'm just like, you know what, Lord? I feel like you're calling me to this place. You're calling me to this city. I'm going to go anyway. And again, I have no clue until I get to where I'm going. And they're like, oh, yeah, we got your housing covered. It's fine. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Brad. <laughs> I don't want to cut you off because I left. That's a major part. I'm glad you said that because I, like, of the four or five churches I've been affiliated with as mm -hmm. musicians, too, I had family members thinking, you know, when you were in the church, you born in church, they mm -hmm. expect you to be there until you die. Mm -hmm. That was the old way. Yeah. Every time I changed church, it was, I didn't do it because I felt like doing it for me. And I wasn't chasing anything else with the contract. I was doing, I was, I was led by God to do it. I really, really, truly was. Nobody understood that. Even, even to this day now, probably my family members don't. But as time goes along, I think some of the older ones kind of understand. Yeah, I like that. And, you, and we, we say, she prayed for rain. Sometimes we can, we can, we can have all the word and all the prayers. That's good. But sometimes God has to reveal himself in a personal way. Oof. For you to get it. And say, that's that, what say that one more time. Say that one more time. Sometimes God has to reveal himself in a personal way in order for you to really get it. Mm -hmm. What he wants you to do. And that's what he did. And, and that's the God truth. I didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. but, you know. <sighs> and see, like, that's why I wanted to have this episode with somebody who's like a millennial and someone who is more seasoned. Because when I tell you guys, like, we think the bridge is so far, but like, again, there's nothing new under the sun and that we all as believers have experienced so many different things, but it's always gotten us back to the same place. It's always got us back to the same focus that it's the Lord that truly has carried us through everything that we've gone through. And I think it's so powerful that, you know, there are people who are in the church who are older, who are willing to be transparent about the things that they've experienced. Because kind of like what you said, you know, this church hurt that so many young people experience, no one wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to have that open conversation. And so then my generation thinks, okay, well, there's not a space for us. And that's why we've seen so many people, not even just, you know, 
in our personal churches, but I mean, just in the nation, like we've seen so many young people who've been like, yeah, I don't have a sense of faith because I don't feel like I have a place. And you do, but there have to be people in the body of Christ who are willing to sit down and say, hey, me too. Yeah, I've had that same experience, but this is how the Lord got me back to where I need to be. And so I'm so grateful that I have people in my life like Brother Phil who have been humble, open, and transparent, as Michael Todd says, that you have people who are willing to sit down with you and say, hey, like, I see you, I know what that looks like, I know what that smells like, but there's more, there's better, there's a glory for that glory, and I'm so, so, so appreciative of that. So, uh, I'm going to continue on and go to the next question, and this one I know is a very layered question, so this might take a minute to break down. Um, but the question is, why do you think there's more young people that aren't affiliated with a church denomination, not just with the Baptist community, but just in general, why they're not, why they're not young people who, um, say that they have a church home? Well, the church is, as I knew it when I was coming up, it was, church is quite different now. Uh, back then you would. It, it was it was kind of normal if you went to a certain church that you would be at that same church for a number of years with your with the rest of your family. Everybody went there, but nowadays we have not only do we have more churches, but we have more denominations. We have more splits, and you know I can't just can't just say it's the young people's total their fault because technology have taken a part too traditions uh, that the old church has been doing. Young people nowadays, they're, you know, they're a little bit wiser than we were. A lot of time, I'll be honest, like even when we had Sunday school lessons, and we did our Sunday school lesson, we did reviews and whatnot, but we only studied the part that uh, we was taught to study in the Bible a lot. We didn't study the whole Bible for ourselves. And nowadays, and not that it's an excuse. Young people use technology, and if you tell them something, you don't have to ask them to go look it up. <laughs> They're gonna search it. They'll search it out. That's the thing. Back in the day, we 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 just went along mm-hmm. to get along. You we just didn't, we didn't question you. nothing. Yeah. You know, you, we just what we supposed to do. And you know what? It's not all. I can't say it's all our uh, uh, grandmothers and grandfathers' fault. Because that's that's all they knew. It was like it was passed down. This is what we do. This is how we do it. Mm-hmm. This is how you this is how you supposed to think. This is how we supposed to live. You know, that's how the, that's what their thinking was. Mm-hmm. You know, but now, again, we more educated. We can get answers from my phone, Google, Siri. You must have mm-hmm. Amazon and got you know, and then and because of all the information too, I gotta look, I gotta look at the other side. We can get too much information, mm-hmm. and so that's what happened on a lot of young people too. That's not in church. They're, they're getting too much information, and they're getting confused. Mm-hmm. And but as, a, as a, but then again, as the church has grown from where I know it as, a lot of churches now, not not our church now, but a lot of churches now, they they doing what everybody else is doing. The, the, follow the follower. Mm-hmm. They know later because they're doing stuff because somebody else is doing it. And they're doing other things because somebody else is doing it. You know, and it, it's, it's, we think we're trying to build up the church and, and bring people in, but we're confusing the young people. And you said something so key is that, you know, when we talk about all this access, there's no filters to this access. 
that they can look up whatever they want they can see what they want want to see and then when we go to the church and we ask specific questions it's well believe what we tell you to believe it's it's this it's always going to be this there's no question about it and something that I've learned even with working in the school system is that with children and it's and it's and really it's this generation I really don't see it with my parents or my grandparents it's this generation that is going to test and they're going to ask they're going to ask every question yes. and they want to see it they want to see it practice it's not just okay well I'm going to believe it but like how do I believe it what does this look like when I believe it they're and like scientists Brian. like the scientists science says uh, uh, you have to show me uh, give me evidence that's facts mm-hmm. that's what they're saying mm-hmm. but we go back to with the number one question we talk about faith which mm-hmm. is God says Shh, believe and I will show you so what we got to do use go back to faith mm-hmm. keep the plan of salvation so we get we get to digging a hole digging more and more in scriptures and fighting over tradition than we do just hey believe mm-hmm. in the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. God sent his son mm-hmm. to die for our sins on the cross the Holy Spirit is living with us in us right now so we won't keep it simple we want to keep arguing over how we do communion hmm. We're gonna keep arguing over when we do communion. We're gonna argue. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that how the baptism really works. If somebody don't take it, will they die? We all live. How about just trying to get people saved and leave all that other stuff to God? To, 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 you know, to to, to to reveal to people personally because he deals with, deal with us differently. Mm-hmm. Everybody not the same. That's so 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 good. I'm so glad you said that because I literally had a conversation with my mom about how. We're living in a time where there's the church and then there's the unchurch, and that we can't hold some of these young people to the same standard because they don't they're not, they're not living in households where you know prayer is is a normal conversation or devotion or quality and quiet time is is a common you know conversation. And so for them, when they're asking these questions, it's literally from a space of they do not understand, they do not know. And, you know, I have literally seen, and it's been the elders in the church, like I've seen older believers who have literally made an argument of, well, what you wear at a church or how you worship in a, in a church setting or what type of songs you pick to sing. Like it's, it's bigger than that because at the end of the day, and this is just my personal opinion, like if someone is listening to Kurt Franklin and they truly don't get who this Jesus is, that's, that's not for me to argue with them. But if it's them listening to a Tasha Cobb song, and Nicki Minaj has a feature on it, and they're like, okay, well, I, know, I want to know about this Jesus that they're singing about, then I see that just as much as ministry as a Kurt Franklin song because they're still reaching the heart and they're still planting the seed because as believers, we're not here to condemn people. We're here just to, we're, we're, we're disciples. We've just been sent to give the gospel and that's it. We have to leave it alone. We can't pick and choose who's saved and who's not saved, who's holy and who's not holy. And I see so much of that. And then I have to I have to turn back around and then smile and be like, oh yeah, like they want us. They 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 want us to, to lead and they want us to serve. But again, if they're sitting in these same, you know, sanctuary settings with me and they're seeing the same certain group of people, you know, condemning them, it's not gonna want them to come back. It's not even gonna want them, it's not even gonna make them to tithe. Because I know that's been a conversation too. And it's just like, again, it's about the seeds that we are planting. And if we are planting toxic seeds, young people are gonna call us out for it. That's so true to Brian. Yeah, that's, 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 that's another uh, deep conversation we can go into. We can lead off on something else with that. And I think as we, as some of us, I'm gonna say church members, 
because everybody in the church, you really, I'm gonna be honest with you, everybody in the church is not really saved. Everybody in the church don't really believe. But people in the church, that church members, that's not really mature and uh, and really close to God like they should be. They, I think, they uh, unawarely they think they 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 that they're better, and and they and they seem to overlook some of the young people. I'm just saying, they don't have any patience. They're like, well, they supposed to do this now. That's supposed to be like this now. They supposed to know better now. When God said, check Phil, I checked myself. Didn't I? What not? What not patient with you? I think Travis, Travis Green got something out. He waited for me. Mm-hmm. God waited for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, many weekends I went on my tour, supposed to be in that choir rehearsal the next day. I'm just saying. I wouldn't write myself, but God had to get my attention. I go back to the relationship. Mm-hmm. So everything that bad happened really was for good to get my relationship. So we got to learn about when young people are acting a certain way, they're growing. They, even even at the same age, Ooh. they don't mature at the same time. That's good. So we got the we got the one thing we're lacking. Even when we don't see what we want to see, we got to go. Well, God, well, how how do you, how would you have a God? Well, God say, we had this last night. You got to see them the way I see mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. huh? Mm-hmm. We got to see people the way God see them. So we got to see them what they could be or mm-hmm. should be, not what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So. In order to do that, encouragement. Mm-hmm. Not just one time, hey, how you doing? But constant encouragement. You know, now how you doing? Now I know what's going on now. Okay, you going to school now. Don't don't just send a young people a card when they, we're talking about church members, they're going off college now, right? It's a good time. Don't just give them a card and say, hey, we, God bless you. We praying for you. Check on them. Ask them Ooh. how the class is going. You wouldn't believe what that would do. Constant encouragement. I think the Bible says like faith. Uh, by faith again. Faith come by here. Mm-hmm. Comes by here. Here mm-hmm. by word of God. Mm-hmm. It didn't say faith come by here. It's ing on the end. Hearing. So we we got to constantly it's hear the God word. It's an action word. So we yeah. got to continue on because like, well, I don't I don't like all that motivation stuff. So we all need to be motivated. Mm-hmm. Somebody said, well, I don't believe in the, uh, uh, constantly talking to myself and encouraging myself. Uplifting myself. You have to do that. Because the enemy wants to won't stop you from your blessing. Then everybody say, I want to be blessed. I'm blessed. But no, oh, how blessed are you? And I'm going to say this. I'm going to let you get the mic. But can you stand to be blessed? Cause, cause, but the blessing comes test after test after test. And they, and they don't get an elementary test and, a, and then another elementary test. They get middle school, high school, the college. They get tougher. Y'all. <laughs> I'm trying to hold my composure. Listen, I hope y'all are really listening and hearing the parallels from what Brother Phil is saying and then what Morgan said because literally so many things that has been said throughout both of these episodes have literally been verbatim. Um, Because what I think is so so powerful about being a disciple and, and being a believer is that when you go through certain things, it's a growing process. Um, our pastor talked about recently about how when you um, are purifying a diamond, it looks like a rock. It looks raggedy. It looks disgusting. Like nobody wants it, but it takes a purification process of it being melted, of it being burned. And then once all that excess weight gets burned off, then you find the pure quality of it. And it's the diamond. But had you not gone through the purification process, you would have never seen the diamond. You would have never seen the true beauty of the rock. 
because at the end of the day, it's still a rock. <laughs> but again, that's what I think about when I think about um, God's pursuit after us. We all are dirty rocks, but it, but he takes up the time to say, no, I want it. I still want it. Even though it looks nasty to other people, mm-hmm. I still see purpose. I still see grace. I still see unmerited favor. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them through the process of burning. I'm going to refine them into who they need to be, the type of teachers, the type of ministers, the type of leaders. Because again, at the end of the day, like I said, you know, I'm going to kind of call us out, young people. I think a lot of times some of that we struggle with is we struggle with when we need help. We struggle with those times where, where we need to literally lift up our hands and say, hey, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what this looks like. I need help. And if we can in ourselves become more humble, then we can start to have open conversations like this. Because at the end of the day, you know, there's not, it's not every older believer that's trying to condemn you. Some of these people really do want to want to seek you out and love on you and loving you to a place of you being better, not just loving you to get something out of you. Because that does happen too. Like we talked about that church hurt, but there are believers out here who legitimately want to encourage you into be the brother, the sister in Christ that, that, that they see in you. Um, and I immediately thought when, when brother Phil was talking about this, I thought about, um, an experience that I had in college where, um, I lived a little bit away from my church and legitimately I pack up my bag. <laughs> I would come home on Saturday, hang out, go to choir practice, hang out with my parents. And then I would sing Sunday morning and I would drive back to school and I had like three days worth of homework to do. And so once I got back to, co- to school, I would immediately start on my homework and nobody knew this on my choir. Like everybody knew that I started school, but they didn't know that, you know, it was a lot of weight that I was juggling around. Um, but I had this woman in my church. She literally would say, Hey baby, like I see what you're doing. I'm praying for you. I hope you know that, you know, that we're supporting you. Like we're in your corner. And every now and then she would literally give me gas money. She didn't know that I needed to fill up my gas tank, but she saw the need and she met the need. And me and my mom talk about, um, how legitimately we need to start being the hands and feet of Jesus. It isn't just about saying, well, you need to do this and you need to do that. Like it's legitimately about, okay, what need needs to be met? Because again, if the conversation of Jesus comes up with me helping them and meeting a need, then the seed has been planted. It isn't just about us being in the sanctuary and us singing a song together, them joining us on the choir. Like it's about, okay, hey, do they need some lunch today? And I can provide that. Let me do that. And I think that's so, so, so powerful because again, you know, even with young people, we may not say thank you or we may not say that we need help, Mm -hmm. but when you make that gesture it always stays on our brain it always stays on our mind and the next time that we see you and we know there's a certain situation that has come up we know who we can seek after because you've already planted that seed um so again i know we can stay on that a little bit longer hey Brian, can i say something about <laughs> yes, that while you're yes, out there because so yes. that's the heavy on my heart because that goes back to it again because i can say I'm, I'm a little bit older than you i'm like 54 so I've been in church a while, but this is an old traditional saying, I think, that we just grab a hold to, even when we when families go through. Old traditional saying that that, that church folk just don't gravitate toward to, and they, they still use it today. And, and that that's bothers me. When somebody's been in the church that long, we, we, we say we know God, we're close to God, and we pray and we say we can ask God to reveal us things, but then when it's come to somebody else, we don't know. Hey, brother. Let me know if I can do anything. That phrase right there just tears me up. You mean to tell me that you are so anointed, and but you don't know what I need? Say that. See, 
We say we have God, but let's use the, the total package of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Spirit should be inside us, leading God, God and directing us. How about praying to God and say, God, know what can I do for this guy? A lot of times God would, would, would nudge us and tell us, well, like you said, that brother or sister don't really matter. We gave you some dollars for gas. A lot of times it's encouragement. So a lot of times it might be, let me take you for lunch. What you doing right now? Hmm. You know, stuff like that. It's not, it's not, let me know if there's anything else I can, it's not, let me know if I can do something for you. I'm sorry. But how about, let me know if there's anything else I can do. Because we all can do something. That's the part that they leave out. And I don't think they do it, not, not intentionally, it's just a habit. Let us know we can do something. Even then, my bereavement of family come in and see you and sit around. You know, I know it's a visit too. Well, let us know if we can do anything. I'm done. But again, you know, <laughs> it, it's so good because I remember last last summer, God literally revealed to me that I needed to do like a series on like gifts and like what does a skill set look in difference to gifts. And gifts are something that is given by God. It's something that you can't create. It's something that you can't mold. It's literally God-given. A skill set is something that you can mold into. Mm-hmm. And so I remember when the Lord revealed that to me, and I was like, I was like, but I don't know no, no devotions of where I can like look up skills. Like I, That's going to be like a legitimately thing that you're going to have to like reveal to me. He was like, I know. That's why we're doing it. So... You know, it literally took me two or three months and I, you know, was looking through the word and I had found like, you know, um, sermons that that talked about, you know, gifts and how gifts go and correlate right back to tithing. And and what kept coming up was the idea of man-made gifts and God-given gifts. And, you know, when the Lord puts a gift in your heart, you know, it might be at five years old, it might be at 12 years old, it might be at 45 years old. God don't care. Like he doesn't do time. That's, that's a human thing. (laughs) And so what else that I learned from that is that, that when you put your whole gifts and you put it in the Lord, not only will that gift continue to grow, but the Lord will multiply that gift. And something that I love about the Lord is that, you know, it's one of those things where like, you don't even realize that you're being a gift or you're being a blessing to someone else until you release the gift. Because so many times, you know, when we look at media or even sometimes when we look at sermons, we we preach of gifts being something selfish, that it's about you. It's about something that you can receive, but it's about giving it to someone else. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm a person where, like, I just love to encourage people, whether it's texting them, whether it's just calling them randomly. Like, I just love to just, you know, encourage people. But sometimes I need I need encouragement myself. And sometimes I I don't feel like I'm in the mood to talk to nobody. But again, it's been those moments where the Lord's been like, okay, you need to go t- call that person or you need to go text that person. You need to text them this verbatim. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Like, I don't, I'm not in the mood. I want to watch TV. I want to go to bed. And he's like, no, I need you to do this. And so then because I'm trying to be committed and I'm trying to grow in my faith, I do it. And I don't even mm-hmm. realize the blessing that's even in that mm-hmm. until I see them days later. And they're like, you don't even know I was going through something. And when and you text me and that really, that really helped me. Yeah. It really blessed me. And again, I'm just thinking, I'm just sending some random text. But again, like we said, like, you know, God may not do timing, but in everything, there is a process. There is a season. And so we might not see it as it being beneficial. But when it comes to God, it again, it could be something that is blessing somebody in a moment, in a season. It could be a blessing for them 10 years down the road. And that's even happened to me. Like there's jobs that I've gotten for, didn't even apply for. And then someone's just like, oh, yeah, somebody recommended you. And they said that you were the only person. You were the only fit person for this job. 
And so I'm just like, okay, Lord, so this is what you mean when you talk about, you know, faith being the size of a mustard seed. I don't have to have every answer. Yeah. And I just, and that's what came back to my mind when you talked about how we can encourage each other. Like, that's how we can do it. Okay. All right. For my next question, um, this is also a pretty layered one. So it says, do you feel in your experience, the church has created enough opportunities for young people to participate and not solely just attend? the church setting. I'm going to read that one more time. Okay. Do you feel like in your experience, the church has created enough opportunities for young people to participate and not solely just attend? Well, we know we're in this COVID situation now, so uh, we know that this is somebody going to say, well, we can't do it right now. No, that's true. That's true. But this two shall pass. Like mm-hmm. I say, life, we go in season. We, we live in season. This two shall pass. And when it does... Even before, even before this time, uh, with the with the uh, kids being involved, uh, say with the church, church have opportunity for the kids to have activities. My thing is this: I think if we as 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 believers going to complain about uh, young people not being in church, but if we're going to complain about how they going in the clubs, we're going to complain about how they hanging out on the streets and in different places, then I think we should have an alternative. It's only fair. If we're gonna complain that they, they, they are uh, doing things on Sunday they shouldn't be doing, we should have a some kind of club or curriculum, some kind of activity they can do to counteract that. Then you can say, well, we had this, but y'all did that. But, but make sure, again, that we're gonna complain that we have an option for them. All churches, I'm not, I'm not calling different churches' names, but all churches don't have option, but all churches complain. Hmm. We say we don't we don't have it in the budget, but we want young people in the church. We're going to have to put it in the budget because if it's important to you, you'll make room for it. And, and to me, as a believer, I don't, I don't even when Avis went to college, I'm going to say this, and, and when, uh, college students always need stuff. College, they take tests. Everything costs money. Every, I never told Avis when she called me I didn't have it. Never did. You know, even RJ, he in school now, so you let me know if you need something. I never told him I didn't have it. I had it. I just I just had to shift it. Put it where in perspective what's important. If they're important to you, you'll make a way for them. And, that, and anyway, that's that's what's going to keep church grow anyway. But we're going to, church is going to have to, I'm going to stop. Stop following the followers. And follow Jesus Christ. Give him get the glory, and he'll make the way. We go back to faith, just faith and believe that it's gonna work out. The way you just dropped the gem on the people, that was good. That was good. Also, oh, it come from the heart. I don't mean just this way I feel. But but this is but this is what I'm gonna say. It's so important of how you feel about the situation because even me and my mom have had conversations about how there are young people who can sing, who can lead, who can speak. Who can who can do so many different things, but they will never um, they will never deliver their gifts to the kingdom because they feel like they don't have a place because they don't they don't sound like the Yolanda Adams type they don't sound like you know the Bishop Mar- Marvin Winans or the Marvin Sapp and so they think that there's not a place for them. But I constantly tell my friends that you know that if you bring it to the people and it's authentic and it's real. There's going to be somebody to receive it because, again, the people that Kurt Franklin has reached 
is completely different to the people that Tasha Cobbs has reached because they're two different ministries. And I hate that we have we have this this mindset or this perspective as young people that it has to be a certain way because it doesn't. If we are continually seeking out the Lord and it, and it's him that's giving us insight of how to do things, there's, there's a church somewhere that's going to be like, oh yeah, we want that young person. We want that person to come in and, and give their gifts and, and serve. It's just sad that that they have to search for it. It's not every church that's doing it. It's, it's the select few. Um, and I think it's so important that like you said, that we shift because we can we can create that accessibility to our young people. Because again, and I even said this to my mom before, I said, um, even like in theater, representation is everything. If you have a show and you have five black people on that stage, then those black boys and those black girls in the audience are gonna say, Oh yeah, I wanna I wanna I wanna do that because I see myself. And it's the same way in movies, it's the same way in music. And so I feel like we have to treat it the same way in the body of Christ. Like if we want young people serving, those young people have to be leading. That means that they have to be at the forefront, you know, whether they're ushering or whether they're singing or whether they're, you know, interning, to, you know, of, of pastoring. Like, if that's something that they have a belief system in and something that they're interested in, are we creating, a, you know, an internship for them? Are we creating a space where, you know, they can learn and they can get the teaching and the foundation? Because, again, you know, we're not a collegiate system to where we can offer courses and all that kind of stuff. But, like you said, the things that we can do we should do one. Well, well said. Uh, again, the foundation has shifted from God said, love me with your heart and serve me and give me the glory. And now, again, you got churches that are doing things because other churches are doing it. And like you say, you got people, young people that participate in the church or singing on the choir even me as a musician, you don't always start off as a great or good musician or a great good singer. You you do it from your heart and you grow in it and you get better as time go along, but we, we too quick want a Sunday best on the on the league. And who's to say Sunday best is God's best? You know, a lot of times that Sunday best, it goes like you say, it's a difference. It's a bit different between having church or uh, uh, being in the church doing ministry or doing in the world and doing business. Churches should be church, business should be business. I know churches got to operate as a business, got expensive, and got to have order. But we, 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 we got to stop following what the world is doing. Uh, and I, I, and I watch Sunday best sometimes. You know, people call me, did you see such and such? I call it no name. Didn't they sing? Didn't they do good? Yeah, I think she can get it. So they get, we get some competition. Like, okay, we in competition on who can sing better. God is, I ain't read nowhere in the Bible yet, but God say compete singing. I ain't read nowhere with that. God say singing to me a new song. So he said, make them draw for noise. And, and, and at the end, he said, what do we do? Do it to the glory of him. So at the end of the day, I don't care what kind of program it is. God ought to get the glory. And, 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 I, and what, what messes the young people up, we start rewarding somebody for being better. Well, who's to say that's really better? Who set that standard? Whew. That's all I got to ask. Who said it? I think I'm going to stick with the simple plan of salvation and just follow God and just continue to be a servant. And let God continue to bless me. Even with the blessing again, it's gonna be trial. You want to, got to be stand to be blessed. You want to have thick skin because everybody's not gonna agree with you. But you gotta you gotta realize that what you're doing. Say okay, and I hope to, I hate to be uh, repetitive here, but just say, not only tell me what I'm doing that I feel like I'm doing, but show me in the word why you're doing what you're doing. 
and that, that's the only thing we can go by. That's the only thing that's uh, that's gonna keep us on level ground. Uh, what as, you, as we can say, the common denominator. Show me the word what we supposed to be doing it. I think that'll cut out a lot of things. And don't use a word to say what you want to say, and keep it in context what we should be doing. When I say y'all, Morgan literally said the same thing that we have to make sure that we are continually acting off a of principle and not using the word to manipulate and get other people to do what we want them to do. Because ain't nowhere in the word it said to do that. Wow. Again, I, I y'all, all I did was give them the questions. I didn't tell them what to say. So, <laughs> but again, I think this conversation is so needed because again, like I said, you know, with this podcast, we're literally just trying to bridge the gap with the topics that we go over. And so I'm so grateful Brother Phil, that you have been so transparent. I had no idea. Yes. Okay. All right. Here's like my last question for you. All right. How do we create a stronger bridge with our young people? Continue to build them up again. I hate to repeat this because everybody don't learn at the same time. Mm-hmm. Everybody don't mature at the same time. Everybody don't get it the first time. Mm-hmm. So again, we got to edify even again when we don't see what we think we should see. You know, the bridge, that gap, sometimes it's going to take longer than what we expect. And a lot of times, we've been in church as long as we have. Mm-hmm. Us older people, I'm going to be honest with you, out of sight, out of mind, that's a saying. But we we are not normally write people off, literally write them off so well, they ain't going to do it because they didn't do it when you thought they was going to do it. Hmm. See? And, 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 and later on down the line, we said, she don't graduate from high school, went to college, working on the master, and I didn't think they could lead a song. They were so quiet and timid mm-hmm. back then. Well, you didn't give them time to grow. You wanted your plan to go. God said that wasn't that this plan he had. That whatever they went through was necessary. So let people take their own process. That's that thing. That's the best way we could do it. That's so good. Okay, now I do have a bonus question for you, but this this is I I think it's really going to encourage some people. And this is the, the question that I have. Let's let's say this. If you could write a letter to your 22-year-old self, what would you say? Well, what you know now? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Everything you told not to do, you think is against you for having fun, from, from missing out on life. You think, you think it a negative, I'll be honest with you. Because when you're 23, you think you know it. You think you know more than your parents. They done been through it. So I wish when I was 22, I wish I really, but I can't say that. I wish I really would focus more on God in a personal way instead of uh, what uh, listen to a sermon or listen to what my mom and daddy telling me about God. I wish I had to really search him in a more personal way, and not to say that I wouldn't be where I am today. Because I just believe whatever happened to us, it is the plan of God. But a lot of times, we are in control of that plan too. We can delay that plan. Well, there you have it, you guys. <laughs> Listen, I hope you guys receive the gems that were dropped from both Morgan and Brother Phil. Um, I'm so, so grateful that you took out your time and your energy to come speak to the people um because again like what you said about how 
you know, it's about having that personal relationship, that's that approachable relationship with young people. That's what's going to bring them back. That's what's going to make them feel like they have a place. Right. Because it isn't just about uh, lip service. It's about doing something in action. Like you said, you know, faith being the substance of things hopeful and evidence not seen. Like, for young people, we got to see it. Yes. <laughs> we got to see it. Not just, I love you, honey. Yeah. I said that, but I, I'll cut you off. I didn't mean to cut you off the You know, you're good. I said, God say, love. Well, okay, uh, you love me. I'm like, really, they, they're looking like, they're looking. you saying love, they're looking. Because God said, he, God so loved through John 3, 16. Mm-hmm. God said, he so loved that he gave. And gave is like an action word, I think. Mm-hmm. So he did something. So if you love me, you should be doing something. What I want to say before we close this episode is that, you know, whoever's listening out here, because some of y'all my friends, some of y'all are are new friends of mine, some of y'all are just supporters, and we appreciate everyone. Um, But I really do want you to understand um, that faith is reachable and faith is personal. And that that's all you got to do is say, I want to know what faith is. And once it becomes personal for you, then there's that maturing process. There's that refining process where the Lord is going to put you where you need to be. Because again, he says that he knows the thoughts that he has for you. It's thoughts that you succeed, not fail, but succeed. And so all you have to do is make that choice. You have to make the decision. Hey, yeah, I want something better for myself. I don't want it to just be about me and about the things that I'm acquiring or the things that I'm, I'm receiving. I want, I want to be, I want it to be bigger. I want to have purpose. Um, and th- literally, like I said, like these two episodes, this is the conversation that we wanted to have. We wanted it to be open. We wanted it to be transparent. And, and we wanted it to be honest. Um, because again, whether you're new to the faith, whether you're old to the faith, there's still purpose. There's still something that, that the Lord has in store for you. And, you know, I know for some people, some people call them Lord, some people call them universe. Um, but at the end of the day, like as long as you believe in one faith and one baptism, it is what it is. Um, so again, thank you, Morgan, for um, being a guest on our show. Thank you, Brother Phil. We really appreciate y'all. Yes, sir. No uh, if this is your first introduction to the podcast, I encourage you to go back and watch um, our other two. Um, but yes, I hope that you continually um, have this conversation at your dinner table, at your kitchen sink, or your bedroom, wherever you are. I hope you continually um, figure out what faith is to you and what it can be. Um, Throughout this podcast, we hope this is a time of elevation, revelation, and a moment of meditation. We'll catch you guys next time.